you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for LAist's new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We are where we eat. We'll go behind the scenes of LA restaurants. The kickoff event is May 22nd. Tickets at LAist.com events. Studios. This is How to LA, the podcast that helps you understand this city and county, including what's on your ballot. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. It's a big election year, and the March primary is coming up pretty soon. It can be daunting to cast a ballot, like how do you know which judge to vote for, but chances are you know what issues matter to you most. And really, that's all you need as a starting point to use LA's super useful voter game plan. Our colleagues have been gathering information on key races, and we've been checking in with Brianna Lee, who led the effort on some easy-to-navigate, issue-based voting guides. We've so far covered homelessness and the climate emergency with Brianna. Today, we're talking about affordable housing. It's a term you hear all the time. And with Southern California's high housing costs, there appears to be a considerable lack of it. Only 17% of L.A. County households earn enough to afford a median-priced home. In 1980, nearly 40% of Californians, 25 to 35, owned a home. Now, that rate is just 15%. We'll be back after the break talking about housing affordability and voting with Brianna Lee, engaging producer of Civics and Democracy for LAist. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Pindarvis Harshaw, host of the Right Nowish podcast. Every week, I talk to the people who are creating art and culture and spreading it to the universe. As an artist, you always meet yourself. Every year, you're a different person. Essentially, we normalize a space where you can show up as your authentic self. Check out Right Nowish, rooted in California's Bay Area, speaking to you. It's so many people of color, so many queer people. It's like I'm being celebrated in my fullness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. LAist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite LA restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at las.com slash events. And we're back with LAS engagement producer Brianna Lee. She's one of the journalists here who contributed to the voter game plan, which you can find on las.com. Today, we're talking about housing affordability. I started off by asking Bree about the decision to make separate voting guides, one for housing affordability and a different one for homelessness. Homelessness and housing affordability are very, very interconnected, right? But when it comes to the policies to address them, there are different considerations. For example, homelessness has a big mental health component, and there's a policing component, and temporary shelters are a big part of the policy to address it, but they operate really differently than other kinds of housing. 
When it comes to housing affordability, it's mostly an economic issue. So the central question around this is, you know, what does it take to make housing more affordable in LA overall? And how people tend to address this is usually through policies on new development, through taxes, through eviction policies or tenants' rights policies, right? So it's a really important part of preventing homelessness, but it's kind of its own discussion. And you also work with other reporters in the newsroom to tackle this subject, right? Yeah, I talked a lot with our housing reporter, David Wagner, who reports on this stuff day in and and day out. And it's really in the weeds. And, you know, he had to sort of walk me through some of the the policy uh, technicalities that are underneath this. Pretty much like the other guides, you lay out some questions people should ask themselves to see if a candidate's approach matches theirs. What are some of those questions people should be thinking about? You know, when you hear a candidate talk about housing affordability, it's going to get in the weeds pretty fast. But there are some kind of underlying themes underneath that you can really sort of tease out, right? One of them is, do you support more housing being built in your neighborhood? So overall, there's not much dispute that LA needs to build more housing. That's generally agreed upon for anybody who, you know, researches this. Uh, all policy policymakers are pretty much on the same page about this. And even if you don't think that's the case, we are legally required to build more housing under state law. So the questions here are, you know, where should this new housing go? And that's really where it gets tricky. And that's where there's a lot of disagreement. Not only, you know, where should they go, but how much and what kind, you know, do you want to see more market rate condos or do you want to see apartments for very low income tenants, all of the above and everything in between, you know, duplexes, triplexes, there's all these different kinds of housing and thinking about, you know, what you are okay with in your neighborhood is going to make a big difference in how you approach the problem. That's going to be same for the candidates as well. And so this is all theoretical, right? You know, this is all just thinking about future housing is all very theoretical, but chances are there could be a specific housing project that's being proposed near you. And when you think about that specific kind of proposal, you know, think about how you feel about it because that's where things might get a little different for some people. You know, you might say that you want this kind of housing or that kind of housing or this much housing. And then when, when it actually is coming close to becoming a reality, it, it might feel a little bit different. Yeah, we've had David Wagner explain this kind of thought behind creating more for affordable housing in different neighborhoods. And there's been neighbors, residents of maybe like single family homes who've come out against these proposals from whether it's the city or whatever developer there is. And it gets a little contentious, right? Oh, very, very, very contentious. Yeah, I would say that's one of the biggest, uh, most divisive issues in the city. When it comes to thinking about the main reasons for the housing affordability crisis, that's something you highlight as having the potential to get pretty complicated. But it's also pretty central when you're thinking about which candidates to support. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, so there are a lot of different policies that are there to address the housing affordability crisis. And very few people are going to have, you know, just one proposal for how to tackle it because you really need a lot of different uh, of different tools to get at the problem, right? But the overall kind of theme about, you know, what somebody emphasizes can be sort of telling on how they approach the problem in general. So 
there are some candidates who will approach this mainly as a supply problem. So some ways that they might try to focus on to address this is, you know, fast tracking approvals for certain types of housing or changing the zoning code to allow more housing to be built or making better use of vacant land or empty buildings that we have, trying to convert office buildings into new housing. Mm-hmm. And There's another sort of cohort who might lean more towards it being a problem of lack of tenant protections, right? And so they might emphasize policies like expanding rent control or maybe imposing a vacancy tax on units that stay empty for long periods of time or focusing on more protections against evictions. There are a lot of candidates out there who will support all of these measures above, but knowing what a candidate thinks is the main source of the problem will give you a better understanding of what they're going to prioritize in general. So what are the races that people should be focusing on if they want to affect change on affordable housing here in L.A.? So as with most issues, the offices on your 2024 ballot who have the biggest impact on your neighborhood are your city council member and your county supervisor. And the state legislature has a pretty impactful role across the entire state as well. So your city council member is pretty powerful in deciding how land is used. And that just means what can be built there? What can buildings be used for? Most of the time, a major housing development will need a city council member to sign off before the project moves ahead. Uh, And these officials can also approve new rules that determine how much housing is allowed to be built in any given area. And if you don't have a city council member, maybe you live in unincorporated L.A., that's just any part of L.A. that's not part of an incorporated city, then the Board of Supervisors has the same powers as a city council member in that case. So this past year, the LA City Council passed two plans. They're they're called community plans, but they essentially allowed up to 135,000 additional housing units in downtown LA and Hollywood over the next two decades. So that's a very concrete way that they're trying to address the affordability crisis. I mean, it's going to take a little while for it to actually get there, but they set the stage for that to happen. And these decisions don't just affect your particular neighborhood, but they also have ripple effects on surrounding neighborhoods and general housing affordability across L.A. I think that people who might be listening to this would be like, OK, well, what about my rent? Who do I bring hmm. this up to? Is it my council member? Is it a state senator or assembly person? Like, where should they be turning their attention to if they're concerned about their rent cost? Yeah. So all the stuff that I was just talking about, about land use, that does affect the cost of rent, but it's a little indirect, right? So the, the general idea is if you have a lot of available housing, the rent overall goes down because renters have a lot of options to choose from. So if you, you know, just think about sort of basic supply and demand rules, like the cost is going to go down. And sort of the opposite is the case. When you have very few housing options and a lot of renters, things get more expensive. So now this is a really broad oversimplification because the type of housing also matters and also new housing doesn't affect every neighborhood in the same way. But this is just to say that, you know, housing development policies affect rents down the line. But another way that county and city elected officials have an impact on rent is that they vote on rent stabilization ordinances that limit how much landlords can raise rent every year if you live in one of these rent stabilized units. So for example, last year, there was a rent freeze that was imposed during the earlier part of the pandemic. It expired last year. And the LA City Council 
allowed rents to go up again by around 4% a year, up to 6% if utilities were included. But there were some city council members who actually wanted to allow for even higher increases, like 7 to 9% in, you know, in interest of the landlords. Anything else that people should be asking themselves or getting familiar with as they prepare to vote on this issue of affordable housing? Well, another thing to consider is also the state legislature. So they actually have a pretty big influence on how things are. And there's some a little bit of behind the scenes power jockeying going on with the state legislature as well. So the dynamic in general is that the state legislature sets the bar for what cities and counties can do. So, you know, cities can always go a little further, but they have to abide by state rules first. So right now you actually are seeing a lot of tension between the state legislature and cities. The state legislature is trying to pass a lot of laws that try to allow for more housing to be built, but they're overriding local laws to do it. So there's an example of something that they passed a few years ago called SB9, which really allowed duplexes to be built anywhere that was ordinarily only zoned for single family homes. So it's basically just saying, you know, if you live in a single family home and your area is only allowing single family homes, now you can build the duplex there. You can actually, you know, convert it into something that has two units instead of one. And um, that sort of overrode some of the local control that cities had. And some cities have been very angry because it seems like that, you know, they're just not happy with that control being taken away from them. So there's sort of an underlying question there about, you know, where should the power to make these decisions come from? Should it come from local cities or the state? But overall, the state legislature has been trying to do a lot of things on increasing the amount of housing that is allowed to be built and some cities are are really pushing back on that. Bree, thank you so much for joining me and trying to break down this topic that is pretty hard to understand here in Los Angeles. Sure, no problem. That was Brianna Lee, engagement producer for Civics and Democracy for LAist. You can read her guides on LAist.com. Just look for the voter game plan. That's it for us today. Bree will be back in a week to talk about voting on criminal justice and public safety. Tomorrow, we'll be talking with composer Chris Bowers about his Oscar-nominated short documentary, The Last Repair Shop. You really got to check that out. This episode was produced by Monica Bushman. Our Hot to LA team also includes Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Megan Botel, and Victoria Alejandro. Our executive producer is Megan Larson, and our engineer is Hasmik Pagosian. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.